Welcome to Canva Ready and Able, the podcast that explores the intersection of media change and personal growth. I'm your host, Barbara Barna Able, and my calling is to help you tap into your superpowers, clarify your message, and make an impact on the world. This episode is brought to you by the word Bevelations which I define as a surprising or previously unknown yet completely necessary and essential facts made known to us in the most singular way by the divine Bevy Smith. Yes, Bevy Smith is here to share wisdom like only she can. Bevy is the host of Sirius XM's Bevelations on Radio Andy and a former host of Bravo's Fashion Queens, as well as Page Six TV, where I had the privilege to experience daily Bevelations. Bevy is also a beloved motivational speaker, brand ambassador, pop culture aficionado, businesswoman, legendary manifester, and generous mentor to so many. Bevy is the quintessential Harlem girl and lifelong New Yorker who still lives and loves in Harlem. And of course, Bevy is the author of the life manual everyone should read, Bevelations, Lessons from a Mother Auntie Bestie, which by the way, is never more than an arm's length for me on my desk. Welcome, Bevy. I have been living for this moment since I launched my podcast. Barbara, I love you so much. Absolutely adore you. Thank you so much for having me on the show. And oh. you know, I'm a very big fan of Barbara Barna Abel. Um, whenever people say to me that they want to get into TV and all that kind of stuff, I'm like, have you done any on-camera classes? And if they say no, I say, well, I'm going to connect you with my friend Barbara because you are so good at what you do. And I think in this world that we're living in now where um, diversity and inclusion is like, those are buzzwords, but you've always been a person that has always, um, instead of trying to squelch people's uniqueness, you've always been like, no, 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 we need, you've not even used the word diversity, but you've always encouraged the talent that you work with to show up as they are versus showing up as, Hi, I'm Bevy Smith, and I'm a newscaster, and I'm going to sound like everyone else on television because I think it's the thing to do. Okay, so kudos to you, my love, for being ahead of the damn curve and doing it authentically, because that's the 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 grand New Yorker in you. Because you know it's all about the melting pot. Okay, Bevy, I you know I love you to the moon and back to the edges of the universe. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And it's actually a beautiful, perfect segue to one of the most important things I want to say from the beginning. So obviously words matter. There's a reason why I choose a word or a phrase for every episode. And you know, two words that come up when I think about you all the time are generosity and family. So I wanted to start from those two places because it is at the core of who you are. And I mean, you just demonstrated your generosity there. So, which, I mean, I appreciate you so much, but um, so you can run with either word, but it really is. I mean, you live family first. Yeah, family first is a really, really big part of who I am and why I am. You know, um, I'm very fortunate to have a beautiful family. You know, we lost my dad in April of 2020. My mom is still here, 93 and kicking. Uh, my sister has five beautiful children, very close with all of them. My niece actually is working with the marketing company that is doing all my Bevelations rollout. So she's actually on my Bevelations team, which is so cool. Um, I have a beautiful big brother who gave me the love of music and love of art. Um, so we're a small but mighty tribe. And um, of course, I have, also have an amazing brother-in-law who is like my brother. 
And so I've been very, very fortunate in this world to be able to go through it with um, really great support team, you know what I mean? And, and my family, they're everything to me. And in turn, they give me so much and they allow me to be able to go out into the world and show up the way I do with confidence and with grace and with an, an understanding that who I am is more than enough. Well, if you haven't read the book, it's on every page of Bevelations is how much, you know, from your girlhood. And I've said it over and over again. I write it, you know, I post it often that I, I so wish that this book had existed when I was younger. It, you know, it would have changed, changed my Barbara. life so much. So, you know, as soon as it came out, I gave it to all my nieces, niece-in-laws. My son's <laughs> girlfriend has it on her nightstand, which, I mean, it really just is such an essential life manual. And to that, you also expand the notion of family. Yes. And, and then, and that's now we get into the intersection of generosity. Cause I have, first of all, I, I know personally for a fact, how generous you are with your family and in terms, uh, just even with time and love and kindness, but you do the same thing as how much you show up for others. And then this just like amazing, I, I don't know, even, I mean, I guess we call it a family, but just this incredible community of yeah. people around you. Yeah. There's about a community, you know, my best friend, who's been my best friend for 30 years, is also my publicist. Now, before people get the wrong idea, she's actually a publicist by trade. <laughs> so when you're listening to this, please don't you know, give someone who's in your friend circle and your family circle a big job um, that they have no training and no real ability to do, okay? <laughs> my publicist is actually a publicist who just happens to be my best friend. Um, you know, my sister is my assistant. Um, you know, my one of my other best friends is my wardrobe stylist. Um, you know, I just have, I believe in working with friends and family and can it be tough at times? Yes, but you know, respect um, has to come, it has to be first and foremost. And for me, um, I really like to be in a space where I feel very protected and very covered. And so I found that working with friends and family really does give you that. But again, they have to actually be qualified to do these jobs. Because I know a lot of people try and get friends and family jobs just to give them something to do. And it's like, oh, you were a postman, but you don't want to do that anymore. You can now be my manager. Well, that's not going to work. That is not going to work. Yeah, that's yeah. not going to work. Um, my, my friend that handles my speaking engagements is actually someone who books talent all the time. So it's, you know, I got very blessed and fortunate to have friends who are very um, capable and very accomplished. And now they get to do that for me. Right, but I think about what you do for others. And I also think about the, the work relationships. I mean, I can go through, it's like you're, you know, long-term. Oh, with, um, and, and Carlos, I mean, so, you know, Young we have that, be, that relationship. But I also think, you know, from your past, from Miss Lawrence, to yes. your long-term, um, you know, relationship with Emil Wilbekin and, and just on yeah. and on and on. And my point is um, that all these relationships endure, and we're going to get into those because those are some of my favorite bevelations that I've learned from you. And that the fact that like you live your bevelations, which by the way, can I stop right now and just ask you, how do you define a bevelation? Oh, a bevelation is, I, I love your description, but you know, bevelation really came about because many moons ago when I first started doing TV, I, and this is all in the book, I um, auditioned for a, a, the Tim Gunn show on, Bra it was a, at the time it was on Bravo and Andy Cohen was just an executive there. He was not on TV. 
And I got a call from a friend who I just randomly told them, oh, I want to do TV. And I was an advertising executive prior to that. So the friend is like, okay, takes it in. Good luck with that. But it just turns out he's on Fire Island with Andy one summer, you know, like a couple of months literally after I told him this. And Andy's talking about how he's trying to cast the Tim Gunn show. He needs a woman who is funny, but also knowledgeable about fashion. And my friend Hunter Hill says, my friend Bevy Smith is really funny. She's worked in fashion her entire career and she wants to do TV. So Andy's like, oh, I'll have my casting people, you know, get in contact. And so I went in and I did a chemistry, I didn't do a chemistry test. I just did a test and he loved me. And um, they sent me a contract and I did not do the job because the contract was not very good. And I was like, oh, if I got a job this easy on TV, I can get another one, surely. Little did I know it would take seven years between that first contract and to get the fashion queens. But with seven years of, of a lot of highs and lows and, and you learn something from all of it. But in between that seven years, Andy Cohen kept calling me for different pilots and different shows. And he had a show called Fashionality that he was trying to create. And there was a panel with Kelly Catrone, you know, the publicist who was on all kinds of Bravo shows and Nene Leakes and Bethany Frankel. It was all these like big wig Bravo liberties. And then me. And at the time, Barbara, I did not want to be very outspoken because I was like, I do not want to go on TV as the big mouth black woman. I was like, that's such a trope that I don't want to be involved in, which is shocking to people because now they know me as a a big mouth <laughs> black woman who's on TV. But initially I was like, not so much. And so I was really quiet on the panel, Barbara. And I think even you'll see, I mean, you, you, and I would love to know your opinion on this because obviously you cast me for the page six TV show. And, you know, I'm always still a person who's very aware of like, I don't want to get into the fray. I don't want to argue with people I'm on the panel with. I want to let everyone have an opportunity to speak. I don't want to cut people off. I'm still, I think I'm still like that, even though now, obviously, I'm not to get in. But at that point, I didn't even know how to insert myself into conversations. And he was like, you know, the panels wasn't that great, but I want you to do a woman on the street segment, and I'm going to call it Bevelations. And I was supposed to go on the street and interview people about everyday common things. Kind of like Billy on the street, Billy Eichner's show. Mm -hmm. But I was going to be doing that. It was called Bevelations. And so that's where the title came from. And it was supposed to be me unearthing, like, you know, interesting tidbits, things you had never heard before, you know, taking a different and um, a novel approach to interviewing folks about pop culture, about politics, whatever. And that was how we came to a Bevelation. And so my show on SiriusXM, Bevelations, is all about that. So I try not to ask the same questions that you're going to get everywhere else. So if okay. you're on a press junket and a celebrity, I don't allow you to sit up there. I'm not going to ask you the same things like, what was it like kissing Brad Pitt? Like everyone's asked you that. I'm going to ask, you know, when Brad Pitt kissed you, did he have garlicky breath or minty breath? I, won't, I mean, that's just something oh, I made up, but yeah. Okay. Everyone stop, we just got a bevelation. It's always <laughs> right. a masterclass. That is a perfect example of reframing. So it's not, just to be clear for everyone who doesn't know, what often happens so much with those hosts anyway is 
questions are written by a producer who needs to cut something together. And so there's a reason, but what you did is like, okay, they want to know about the kissing. How can we make this an interesting question instead of the same old, same old, which is the driver. I actually also want to stop because that's such a fabulous story that everyone has to buy the book to get the whole amazing journey and all the information you share and why it really is a life manual of how you transitioned your whole life and your career and pursued a dream. And yes, mega manifested going from a job working behind the scenes in fashion advertising to being a you know, medium personality and a media mogul and how you did it and how, if I follow those steps, I can do it too, which by the way, we're in process. Um, so I just want everyone to know, because otherwise this would be, you know, an eight hour epic podcast episode if you walk through everything. But I wanted to then reframe because the first time yeah. we ever actually talked about this, Bevy, and I don't know if you remember, but we had coffee at the Royalton in late 2016. And I interviewed you for my blog, my nascent blog at the time. And I post it every year and it's called, the title of the uh, blog is Seven Bevelations That Will Change Your Life. And I post it every year and I read it every year and it's still so relevant. So I want to go Are through- Are you some- serious? I'm totally serious. And I walked you to the radio show. What, what job was that? You, no, it was- you Was that on my- what? You were doing radio, um, you were doing Bevelations on Radio Andy, and we were in between stuff with um, Page Six TV. I think that we had done the test run, but the show hadn't launched. It hadn't been picked up yet, and we stayed in touch. And so that's another thing I want to point out. Thanks for asking that question, because there's so many things for everyone listening, just to be able to connect dots. One of my favorite things, I share this with a lot of people about your own story, is the fact that you turned Andy Cohen down for a job co-hosting the Tim Gunn show. And yet he continued to pursue you. And so I want to say that to everyone is because you brought value and you understood your value to Andy. It wasn't all about you. And then it also goes into, we're going to get to this later, is how to maintain relationships and how to connect authentically with people. Oh, and that it's, it's not all about connecting with people authentically. And it's not about networking ever. Yeah. It's not transactional. And yeah. so there we have, because I think, didn't he legendarily say to you, um, I know I'm going to work with you again. We're going to find something to do together. Oh, yeah. No, he said that. He said, we're yeah. going to find something. Yeah. And for and seven s- years, he tried to find something. And then finally found Fashion Queens. There you go. And there's also something about the seven years, because nobody ever wants to hear this when they're starting out. But I also love using Billy Eichner, who I admire tremendously as a case study. I think it is about seven years from when I first got his early 2000s, his Billy on the Street reel from WME, which I it was probably William Morris at the time, which I used to use yeah. in my host class as an example of somebody who was reinventing a genre. He took something man on the street, made it his own, but he was so ahead of everyone else that it took a lot of things, technology, programming, opportunities, everything to catch up yeah. with Billy Eichner. And now let's look at where he is today. And you um, know, Miss Lawrence, my co-host from Fashion Queens is now in a new film Billy Eichner has written and produced and it's called Bros. And it's the first ever all gay rom-com. <gasps> so we have to get Miss Lawrence on this show too. Oh my God. Miss Lawrence has an amazing career trajectory. Okay, but I'm just yeah. going chill because one of, you know, a life highlight for me was dancing with Miss Lawrence at the dinner honoring you. Yes. And oh my God. When that was um, the Harlem, was it? You, uh, it was Harlem, Harlem um, Eat Up. Yeah, that was incredible. And I'm, I'm yeah. just like, okay, I'm dancing with Miss And Lawrence. you tore up that dance floor, Barbara. That's what the folks don't know. Barbara's a dancing machine. 
<laughs> Robin's got a soul. Oh, Bevy. Oh my God. I'm going to die and go to heaven. So I'm going to go through our bevelations that okay. I, so, and, um, and I, by the way, I will link the um, blog post in the episode notes so people can go to them. But the first thing you said to me was be strategic. So walk yeah. us through. Well, for me, being strategic is, you know, it's so weird because I was in such a different place in my life back then. And now I'm in this really amazing season of my life where I've done the work. Like literally, Barbara, I'm very blessed. I'm very fortunate. I've done the work and now my phone rings. So I'm actually not in a space of pursuing anything right now. I'm, I'm in a space of receiving. Mm -hmm. I'm a, in a space of abundance. But it took me being strategic for all these years you know, really looking at the landscape of TV when I first started doing TV, which is 15 years ago, um, there weren't a lot of spaces for a woman like me. You know, you very rarely ever saw Black women on different types of talk shows and things like that. If you did, they had, they looked very much, very similar to their white counterparts in that they had long hair. They were oftentimes thin, they were oftentimes light-skinned, um, and then, you know, I came on the scene, and I, I'm dark-skinned, I'm curvy, I have short hair most times, today my hair's a little longer, but most times I have short hair, and so I had to be very strategic about what I said yes to, because mm -hmm. my life is really very interesting in that I'm a New York City girl who has a lot of access to things in fashion and art and pop culture and things, I would really make a very good reality TV star. I have a very, very big, bold, abundant life that's filled with like lots of shiny objects. But I also realized that if I did reality TV, well, one, I don't want anybody in my business. And two, I don't know how you get out of that. Very few people, and I was right, very few people have been able to transfer their reality TV stardom into mainstream hosting and different things like that. There's very few. Very few. You look at all the big, big, big names in those in that space from like 15 years ago, and most of them are not doing what they set out to do. Most of them are still in that reality TV space where you make a lot of money, but it's like to me, oh, it's kind of one note. It's like, okay, you just keep doing it and doing it. And so I was very strategic in saying no to that. I was also very strategic in knowing that I did not want to go on a show where I would be like the comic relief in the way of like, I'm the black sassy woman who's like gonna come in and let me tell you something, or I need a man. Or mm -mm. I was like, nope, I'm gonna show up on TV and I'm gonna fully express myself. I'm going to let people know that I love art and I love travel and I, um, you know, I'm a big social kind of person. For a time, people used to try and call me a, a socialite, Barbara. And I was like, well, I'm not a socialite, but I definitely am a gal about town. And so I was strategic in making sure that people understood that I had layers and levels versus just accepting the fact that the way I was on the surface was enough for TV. Like I could have gone on TV and just been like, you know, and what happened? You know, I could have done that all day. But I also knew that this would be a trap because then I'm, I'm one note. I don't get to do all the things. And like, you know, on page six TV, I always tell people, 
No, I'm sitting next to a young blonde white woman with blue eyes. It would have been very easy for me to be put into a space of like, she's the like bell of the ball and I get to be kind of like the woman who's on the sidelines and just there to like give her comic relief or, you know what I mean? But I was like strategic enough to know, nope, I'm not going to do that. What I'm going to do instead when I show up at page six TV is I'm going to frame it so that folks know that I'm an expert on a myriad of things. And that's what's going to come through. So being strategic is a big part of like knowing and understanding your brand and then making sure that you put that forth. And, you know, people will try and give you money based on the way they see you. Um, and I will tell you this, all money ain't good money. That's a revelation. All money ain't good money. So just because someone wants to give you an opportunity with quote fingers, an opportunity, and just because they're like, oh my gosh, you would be so great at that. If it doesn't fit into how you see yourself, if it doesn't fit in your spirit, then you just say no, as Nancy Reagan used to say, just say no. And that's I why promised I, a masterclass. I, People, are you listening? <laughs> are you taking notes? The one thing I love about the podcast, time. so easy to rewind, listen to this again, <laughs> because- because baby, there's so much I just heard in there and that I know of you. One, and we haven't even tapped into this yet, is how values driven you are. And so, and it very much is a part of, of the story you tell your book, but your commitment to yourself, your family, your people, your community, yeah. and staying true and honest to that is so powerful. It also takes a lot of courage to your point. And so, yes, you use strategy and tactics actually to enable you to do that and to move forward and to show up into the world and be impactful. And, and so part of being authentic is, well, one, you have to know yourself well enough to understand what your yeah. values are and what you stand for and what you believe in. Shakespeare has one of my favorite revelations to thine own self be true. You have Amen. to, you have to be true to yourself. And then like you said, Barbara, you have to know yourself, right? Mm -hmm. So that takes the good introspective work. And you have to have a set of core values that you attach to yourself and to your life. And again, one of the biggest things, guys, I want everyone who's listening to understand is that people will always try and tell you what you should be doing and what you are good at. And, they, and some people might actually be spot on. But if something does not feel right, then you should not do it. Um, Barbara, I don't even know if we were going to get into this, but even taking page six TV went against everything I wanted to do. And it was Andy Cohen. And it was a dear friend of mine, Alec Alexander Jewett, who's a big muckly muck over at Deadmau Mercury, which is one of the largest <laughs> daytime talk show, uh, you know, syndicators. And she said, Bevy, people work all their careers to get a daytime syndicated show. You should take it. And Andy was like, Bevy, you'll be on TV every day. You have to take it. In my spirit, I didn't want to take it because as you know, Barbara, I'm against gossip. And I also don't care that much about celebrities in that way that I want to spend. I like talking to celebrities versus talking about celebrities. Mm -hmm. And so it was a tough gig for me to take, but because two people are really respected in the industry said it was a good thing, I took it. I don't regret taking it because I know everything is as it should be. And I know that I took it for a reason. And I know one of those reasons is so that I could have really established a relationship with you, established a, re a relationship with Michael Weinberg, established a relationship with Carlos and Elizabeth. 
and, and a myriad of other folks that, you know, Charlie, my producer, Ty, my producer, you know, Kathleen, my producer, like a lot of people, Jim, my stage manager, I met amazing people. So that's a big reason why I took the gig. And there's going to be something else at play, Barbara. One day I'm going to be doing a job and it's going to be the light bulb is going to go off. It's going to be like page six prepared you for this moment. Mm. Page six prepared you for this moment. I will tell you right now too, Barbara, that because of page six, when I, I just hosted the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame red carpet, it was live and it was a lot of moving parts. I'm not flummoxed by moving parts because I did a live show, you know, for two years every day. So that's another reason why I took it, you see? So everything is as it should be. And that, so I know that that's the reason why I was led to do that, right? But it's still, I will, I'm here to tell you, it went against my spirit. Mm. It went against my spirit. I hear that. And yet, I, I, you know, I want to repeat to you, Bevy, I think you added to the conversation in ways that you don't realize because your voice was needed in the space and you started to introduce ideas and com concepts and a way to look at the world that was different than what we're all hearing in that space. And it impacted me deeply. And I can remember to this day, the first time you walked into my office and I was like, holy cow, who did I just meet? And why, why didn't I get to meet her decades ago? So that goes back- I wasn't ready for you, Barbara. Well, I guess I was I too busy being a fancy advertising executive. <laughs> I wasn't ready for you back then. Well, going back into our seven revelations, because you've tapped on a bunch of them. One was know who you are, be confident and know your worth. Um, we could do a whole nother episode whenever you want to, or when you come out in paperback about doing the work, because that, and your description of doing the work in here and the detail you go into to the book, Bevelations. Again, it's, it's just the most amazing one-stop resource of all time. Um, Barbara, can I just stop you right there for doing yes. the work? Because mm -hmm. I, I have to then give you your props again. Doing the work, a big part of it is taking your classes. Mm. And, and it, I, I cannot stress this enough. And now that we're in a world where everyone's comfortable doing Zoom classes and things like that, no matter where you are in the world, you should be meeting with Barbara if you want to do TV hosting and things like that. Because the way you teach, the lessons, and again, like I said at the beginning, the way you allow people to be themselves and you want them to be their most authentic selves and you really help them tap into that thing that everyone has that will make them relatable to the broader audience. Uh, also, too, not for nothing, I always tell people, it's also a lovely, lovely bonus that you can actually cast someone on the show. So if they've taken the cl a class and Barbara thinks you got something, baby, the next time she's casting something, you might just get a phone call. So you, it's the twofer when you get Barbara. So I, I, I urge people to do it. But doing the work is a big part of it. You know, I think I called you, I, I called you a couple of times, but you worked with me. Did I do a prompter class with you after page six TV went off? And then mm -hmm. I also called you about an, uh, for another something I did with you. And I've already had shows, but you can always come back and get a refresher. And Barbara's my refresher gal. So <laughs> that's a big part of doing the work. You can never, don't rest on your laurels. You gotta make sure that you're on top of it. You're not rusty. You know what I mean? If you don't use it, you lose it. Okay, Bevy, I so appreciate you. And I love you and so much gratitude. That was 
the most generous goes back to the first word. Um, but also going to, you know, to your point, this is one of the only spaces where people don't realize they need to do work. And the, by the work, the work is complex because it's mindset, technique and practice, which by the way, you run us through in the book. Um, but athletes never stop training. Never. Yeah. I always say like, you know, Serena doesn't wake up going, I'm the goat. I'm the right. stupid. <laughs> Right, right, right. Um, you know, a really important thing we talked about the seven years, play the long game. You play the long game and now you're, you're, you're sitting in abundance. Yeah, and, and I played the long game and something because of this, you're giving me in a really interesting space in my life right now, um, playing the long game and that I have a literally, and, I, and it's in the book, Barbara, but when page six TV was canceled, I was the only person who was not trying to find another job in this space. Because what I realized is that, well, one, I was like, ooh, child, that everyday TV show early in the morning grind um, to come and talk about things that, like, eh, well, I can talk about it, but eh. does it jazz me? Does it, does it excite me? No. And I decided that I was like, I don't really want to pursue something like that again. And I also, the only TV show, and still to this day, that's currently on the air that I would really love to be on is The View. That's it. Because they get a chance to talk about a wide range of things, pop culture and politics and interview celebrities and this, all the things, right? But outside of that, not so much, right? So my long game now is looking vastly different than it did, you know, when Page Six TV got canceled. And I'm very patient. So um, as soon as the show got canceled, I decided I wanted to lean more into acting. I wanted to bolster back up my speaking engagements because that was something I had done for many years. Um, it's something I enjoy a lot. I do a um, a thing called Life with Vision, which is my own kind of manifestation course. And I do speaking engagements for corporations and all that stuff pays very well. And it also brings me joy, right? So we always should be looking for things that pay us well and bring us joy. And, and to everyone that's out there listening, I know a lot of people will tell you, you know, do the work and the money will come. Yes, that's true. But also make sure that just because you're doing the work that you love to do, that you're also not shortchanging yourself. Barbara charges what she charges. There are people that you can go to that are cheaper. But the reason why Barbara charges what she charges is because she has a really unique skill set. Something I say in my book is a red soul proposition. Um, she's not going to try and fit you into a cookie cutter mold. She's going to let you be your individual self. And she's going to allow you to let your freak flag fly, but make you that much better and make you perhaps more palatable. And she's going to teach you a strategy on how that your uniqueness can also be welcomed in the world. Because sometimes to be an outcast can be a lonely thing, but she's going to teach you how to be unique, but also marketable. So for me, I'm now in a space of where I'm not pursuing any of those, of those gigs. You know, I've been, I've filled in for the Wendy Williams thing. She's, you know, on a hiatus right now. So I did a panel. It was me, my Elizabeth Wagmeister, um, Devin Simone and Michael Yo. I'm coming back again a couple of times um, this month to do it. They call me. So yeah, I'll do it. It's, you know, one time, a couple of times a month or a couple of times, a, uh, you know, a week. That's fine. But I'm not pursuing anything like that. People are like, oh, you should be trying to get the Wendy Williams show. First of all, Wendy Williams is coming back. Second of all, 
I don't have the, the stomach to do that work. Like I don't, yeah, I can't do it for them. <laughs> I, I, the people can read through it. I, that's just not what I want to do. I love, love, love my nice life with my radio show where I get to talk to celebrities and people love coming on my show and no one is afraid to come on my show. I like that. One of the things that was tough about Page Six TV was people were actually afraid to have me at things. So I went back to the long game. So anyway, now my long game looks vastly different, but now I've started acting. I'm planting all these different seeds, right? And I've been doing that for a long time. And I'm excited to see where it takes me. Mm -hmm. So in December 3rd, there's a new show that's coming out on Amazon called Harlem. And I am in that series. And my role is Aunt Tammy. And my son, I mean, my nephew is a guy who is a fancy schmancy chef who comes back to Harlem and wants to gentrify it. And I let him have it at every turn. So uh, I was supposed to only do three, three um, lines. And um, I think I'm in three scenes instead of three lines. So it's very exciting. Um, I feel like we're breaking news. This is so exciting. It is actually, you're the first person I've really talked to about it. And then another big thing that I did was there's a new Mahershala Ali film called Swan Song um, starring him and Naomi Harris. And I actually was the art consultant on it. So when you're watching this film in his home, all of the paintings that are in the home, I actually selected and I actually brokered the negotiations for the half. Kende Wiley, you know, the guy who actually did the Obama. I met him at your portrait. birthday party. You met him at my birthday party. Oh, again, um, great moment from my life. Right. Mm, never um, forget. He, he, um, you know, is a friend. So I called him up and said, I'm working on this project. And, you know, I was able to get these things done. So a lot of great artwork in there. But that's something that in the book, Barbara, as you know, I talked about wanting to lean into my art architecture, wanting to get back into trying to act. So those are things that I put down and now they're manifesting. So it's so funny when people ask me, well, what's going on with you now? And to everyone that's listening, you know, people will always be asking you that. And honestly, for me, I think it's a rude question because, well, what, what's going on with you now? You have a damn nine to five. What's going on with you? Same old, same old, right? Well, for people that don't have a nine to five, we're in a constant state of flux. We're always planting seeds and waiting for them to grow. And so don't feel pressured by people to have something going every moment of the day, especially during the pandemic, everyone was writing books and doing this, that, and the other. And people were feeling like they weren't enough because they were maybe just sitting at home trying to survive a global pandemic. And um, that is doing the, something. That by is the doing way, something. I love, I'm interrupting, but I, to what you're saying, because I work through this a lot with my private coaching clients, is the notion of the times when we are planting seeds, you are, that, that is doing something. That is doing in, and so in a corporate thing that might be, or if you're a founder, that's research and development that, yes. that is functional, but because we haven't gotten to the end result and we don't have the thing, we devalue what we're doing and, and yes. become apologetic. And so I, I bravo you for pointing that out because it's the same thing too, seasonally, just to stretch the metaphor, you know, when we're, if you're farming, sometimes fields need to lay fallow to regenerate. Yes. Yes. And you speak yes. so much about self-care. So yes. that would be a version of that. And that, so that's not doing nothing. 
that is being in process and, and honoring the cycles and what needs to do to set yourself up for success. And so having this un- a, re- a realistic understanding that just because you want it, it doesn't mean that it happens now. And that's why no. we've got to have to you know, plant seeds, but also staying with it. And the fact, one of the things though you do that's so powerful that I realize is this notion in a hyper niche world, you're an expert on you, Bevy. So to give people permission to understand what that means and how you show up in the world consistently, which is why you can exist so successfully in multiple lanes because you didn't, you didn't get narrow cast into this. I'm going to be an expert on talking about celebrities. I'm an expert on me and how I show up. And so the brand of you, whether if we can use that term or not, it shows up and that's what comes, that's the through line to everything you do. A quick thing I just want to point out was, cause then I want to get to your real most important tagline of all time, but mm-hmm. is you did teach me was how important it is to fly low to the ground because it's really easy to get sucked in and to over mm-hmm. overlive, and yes. and um, and how important which I might is. be guilty of right now, but <laughs> <laughs> I've had a tough two years. I might be overlived. I might be getting overserved right now, Barbara. <laughs> but it's so true. Living close to the ground, like the flying low to the ground, is something that really has been able to sustain me because you know when you have a huge overhead and you're trying to pursue your dreams. That's why oftentimes you'll hear people say, Barbara, and I know you've seen it. So many people come through your door and they are on fire and they're going to do this, that, and the third. And if you were to check up on them two years later, they've gone back to their old lives because it didn't happen. Well, how long did you pursue it? A year. Did you really, is that really pursuing something? A year, two years? It took seven years. And, and I don't know, you know, even if you're not a Christian or whatever, you should know there's seven it's the number of completion in the Bible. So it took seven years from quitting Rolling Stone for me to secure Fashion Queens on Bravo. Seven years. Um, and if I often look at it, as a matter of fact, you know, a year prior to me getting Fashion Queens, I called up a dear friend of mine, Ali Muhammad, and I said to him, I think we should do a docu-series called Last Chance Bevy. And I was like, I want you to follow me around because if it doesn't crack in this year, I think I'm going to go back and get a nice, big, lofty fashion job. I think I'm going to go back and do it because it's like, there's no need for me to struggle. I can go get a very big job. And I quit Rolling Stone in 2005. I was making $350,000 a year. So I knew I could go back and get a nice, cushy gig. And um, thank God I didn't. Because if I quit in year six or in year five, this life that I have now where I wake up every morning and I get to decide what it is that I want to do and how I want to live my life. And I can take an hour out and hang out with my friend, Barbara, and talk on her podcast. And then after this, I'm going to do a book signing at Housing Works. And then later on, I'm going to see my friend Amanda Seals at the Apollo for a smart, funny, and black series. It's like, I don't get to have this if I quit in year five or year four or year six. I don't get it. So staying the course, doing the work, believing in yourself and understanding that just to have a drive, um, just to have a desire, just to have an intention is not enough. You must put work behind those things. And you must have the wherewithal, the, the, the resolute tenacity to stay the course. Even, and we, oh, Barbara, this is a really good one. Look out for the small signals from the universe that you're on the right track. There was no denying that I was supposed to be doing this because the universe kept rewarding me, not financially, 
the universe had me broke as a joke. But as far as the work I kept getting, I kept getting better and better assignments. Oh, Bevy, you're going to interview Natalie Cole on um, Access Hollywood. Oh, Bevy, you're going to, um, you know, interview, you know, Andre Leon Talley for BET. Oh, Be you know, kept getting all these really great nods that the, the universe was telling me, yeah, you got it, girl. You, you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. If I had been ignoring that because I wasn't making money at it, that's only one way to, to chart success, the money. You got to look at the, the, the work that you're doing. And if the work that you're doing is actually fulfilling you, then yeah, you're successful. You're winning. That's all we all want, right? We all want to be able to realize our dreams too. You know, in my book, I would talk about daring to dream. I dared to dream and, and then the universe conspired to give me my dreams and make them come true. Now, there was no money attached to it initially, but then the money caught up. And it's cute now. It's nice for me. I got a nice life. Look at you. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, oh, look at you. <laughs> so amazing. So respecting your time, Bevy, and the fact that the people waiting for you, can you just say the most powerful uh, tagline of all time, especially for me, you know, woman at the season of my life. It gets greater later. It gets greater later. That's the mantra. Um, Barbara, I know that you know that I interviewed Cicely Tyson two days before she died. And she was 94 years old. And uh, she had just won her honorary Oscar. At the age of 91, I want to say that she had won her Tony. At the age of 93, it was the first time she had ever had a series regular role. She was um, playing Viola Davis's mom on How to Get Away with Murder. All these amazing things were happening to Cicely Tyson in her 90s, in her late 80s. Um, I've always believed it gets greater later because I have parents who were older and I saw the way they navigated the world. And I also believe that for all of us, when, and even if you're, you've been successful in one space and now you're coming into this new space, there's so much that we have learned over the years of just living and being that we can take with us. And that gives us a leg up. I, I took all the information that I had uh, acquired as a fashion executive, as an advertising executive, as a girl from Harlem, all these things, as a world traveler, I took all that information and I used it and I still use it, but I use it on page six TV and I use it on Bevelations. And I'm going to use it on Wendy Williams show. I, I take all of it. And it really does. It gets greater later. Because if I'm doing this work when I'm 30, I do not have the same skill set. Do not have the same wide, very, um, you know, kind of wealth of knowledge that I can tap into. So it really does get greater later. And at every stage in your life, you can look at people who are in your peer group and you can say, wow, it took them a while. Or, wow, I thought they were doing it then, but look at them now. If you believe in that mantra, it gets greater later, then it really does fuel you with this sense of hope and optimism that, you know, I'm not done yet. There's still more story of my life to unravel. And I really do believe that it gets greater later. I, it's my mantra. It's what I stand in. It's the reason why I can get up every single morning optimistically because I don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. I don't know what today is going to bring, but I always wake up like excited about what's next.
And it's a, it's a great space to live in. One, the other things is that guys, please tap into your gratitude pool, please. And I don't care what is going on that you may think is so horrible and this is wrong and blah, blah, blah. Please understand that you are still abundant and you are still worthy of, of admiration. And there's someone watching you right now who wishes they were in your shoes. And really quick technical information too. I didn't have a publicist until I was truly successful because you do not need to spend the money on a publicist unless you have something to publicize. So I didn't even get a full-time publicist until I went to Page Six TV. If you can get an agent, great. I've had two great agents. Well, I've had one great agent and I've been with two great agencies, CAA and UTA. What I would say is this, very rare will you ever find an agent that's gonna work hard for you and to actually go out and pursue finding work for you. Most of them field phone calls. And so do not feel like you should be putting all your time and energy into finding an agent. What you need to be doing is putting all your time and energy into your craft and then your agent will find you. Another really technical thing I want you guys to know too is that, and I, I touched on this, but really do the work and the money will come. But once you've done the work, Make sure the money that is coming your way is actually the right amount of money. Do not undersell yourself. Just because you can do this with your eyes closed does not mean that you should close your eyes to getting your check. And that's a revelation. Do not undersell yourself and do not undervalue your services. You know, Barbara charges a good coin because she's going to do the good work. And yes, you can get someone cheaper. Go in and see how that works for you. My acting coach is not cheap. And that's okay. Because when I went on that set, the way she had prepared me, when I went on that Amazon set and I was working with Tamara Toomey and I was working with Megan Good and Whoopi Goldberg is on the same exact show that I'm on and all these people. So this is a real production. It's written and, and produced um, by the woman who wrote Girls Trip. Tracy Oliver. So it's a big deal. I go on this set. My coach had trained me so well that when I knew the interior of my character so well, that when they said, you know, Beth, we think we want to see you ad lib with the character. I was able to do that. Now, if I go into a coach that was just worried about me memorizing lines, I don't have that. I don't have that, that ability to do it. And then guess what? I probably don't, I'm probably not in three scenes. I'm probably in the one scene doing the three lines, which is what I was contracted for. So you have to be investing in yourself. You know, you have to be investing in yourself and you should be showing up as you want to be seen. Those are some of my little tips. Okay, your gift and the gift we just gave is a masterclass that just like my blog post from January, 2017, this is eternal. It's timeless. You can, I feel like we could all come back to this episode in five years and everything you've just said is so relevant. Everything's a bevelation. You, you really live and walk your truth, Bevy. So thank you so much for being so generous with yourself and your time today. Thank you, my Barbara. I love you so much. I love I you. so appreciate what you do in the world. And again, I will shout this from the rooftops forever in a day that you were one of the first people to really live that diversity and inclusion talk that people like to do. Again, 
anyone I've ever sent to you, you let them show up as themselves. You do not try to get them to change for the business, for the entertainment industry. You're like, oh no, we're going to take what you have and we're going to polish it or we're going to shift it or we're going to remix it so that you can find work as you are. And that's the sign of a great coach. Thank you. I love you. So Bevy, remind everyone, in case they don't know, is where do we find your Bevelations radio show every day? Sirius XM channel 102. And I'm on Radio Andy, which is Andy Cohen's channel. And by the way, um, Instagram every day, sometimes multiple times a day, you share additional Bevelations and a masterclass in your post. So um, <laughs> not only like fun photos. And by the way, do you know I have a whole separate file of your mom who's such an inspiration oh, to me my and, and has such, um, she's so elegant and, and just really carries herself with so much dignity. So your mom, just her, you know, her church looks or, or everyday lunch <laughs> with you is just the cutest <laughs> thing. So there's, so there's so much fun and joy for following you on Instagram. But I meant that, again, every day is a masterclass. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And bevysmith.com for all things Bevy. You can follow me there and you can find out about all my personal appearances. You can also buy the Bevelations mug, tote bag, I'm on it. journal, all the things. Yes. Okay, so thanks for mentioning that because now I know what everyone's getting for Christmas. Since last year they all got the book, this year they'll get the mug. I love you, Barbara. I love you. And I want to say I love my listeners. So thank you for listening to Camera Ready and Able. And if you haven't already, please be sure to hit the subscribe button.